Hey guys, once again, it's your man and Mike D in the lab. And just like I mentioned on the last podcast, I had a follow-up as it related to mental health and relationships. Just as a follow-up from the last podcast, we're talking about mental health and relationships. And I'm going to talk a little bit today about that and what is the impact. Though we may take them for granted sometimes, the relationships we have with others are essential aspects of our lives. According to the Mental Health Foundation, relationships help us stay well, both physically, spiritually, and mentally. People who are more socially connected to friends, family, and their community are happier, physically healthier, and live longer, and have fewer mental health problems than those who aren't so well connected. If you're happily married or in a stable relationship, the impact that has on your mental health is a positive one, with research suggesting you may experience lower levels of stress and less depression than someone who is on their own. Is this all-inclusive? Certainly not. Many that choose to be on their own are very happy and positive people. Why is social support important for mental health? The effects of close relationships on mental health may seem obvious, but what about other types of relationships? The Mental Health Foundation says having good social ties within your community is important too. With people living in areas with higher levels of social togetherness, having lower rates of mental health problems than those living in places with less social cohesion, irrespective of whether the neighborhood is deprived of those who are well off. This may be particularly significant for older people who may experience fewer symptoms of depression if they live in uh, well-connected neighborhoods. Meanwhile, if you're living with mental health, having close ties with other people can be invaluable. During the lockdown, for instance, a survey by Rethink Mental Health found 69% of people with mental illness said their mental health was worse because they couldn't see their family or friends, okay? And you don't have to have a mental health issue to have experienced this at this time. Many folks experience breakdown, isolations too. Being part of a community helps you feel connected, supported, and gives you a sense of belonging. Involvement in local activities such as volunteering or playing sports as a part of a team has been shown to improve mental health and your well-being. May as well say this, communities are changing from the traditional neighborhoods where everyone knew each other, right? This is because of the impact of long working hours, demands for more money, differing family structures, more movement and fluctuations where we live, and the emergence of and modern society's reliance on online technology and social media. Many of us use social media or online network sites to first, often as a way of feeling connected to our friends to increase feelings of belonging. While online communities can help us connect, they also can be damaging and blur the line of who our friends really are. They can expose people to unhealthy communications as well, including hackings and trollings, viruses, etc. All the bad and wrong things for our mental health, right? However, the quality of your relationships is really important too, as it's thought that people who are single have better mental health outcomes than those who are unhappy in their relationships. In other words, it's healthier to be alone than in a toxic or damaging relationship. And of course, I support that message. Indeed, Experts say there's evidence that negative relationships and social interactions, especially with those you're close to, may increase your risk of mental health problems such as depression and anxieties. 
During a childhood and adolescence, we learn how to engage with others from our parents, families, and guardians. We mimic the behavior and emotions of those around us. And this early socialization shapes how we understand and model relationship-forming behaviors throughout life. The attachment that a child has with his parents or guardian is a central predictor for mental health and well-being, as well as relationship satisfaction during adulthood. Changes in family structure and increased levels of relationship and family breakdown can act to interrupt the forming of positive bonds and have been found to impact negatively on academic attainment as well as future attitudes towards relationships. While families, parents, and caregivers are central to our well-being, during adolescence, friends and peers become more significant as young people become more independent and start to build their own social networks. You may or may not have experienced this, but I have. As transitioning my young daughter, first year in high school, it was, for lack of a better term, stressful. Her friends, her peers, as she called them or referred to them as, no participation in class, no focus, call to the dean's office on a regular basis. You know, these peers, these friends, as she referred to them as, quote unquote, jumped her. I believe it was some friends who decided that, hey, if you're going to be with us, you know, this is what we do and you got to be a part of it. You got to show your loyalty. Um, Once been kicked out of school. I tell you, man, grades are the lowest of the low and all of these things, man, just trying to transition. But it is peer pressure and those quote unquote friends as she began to build these social networks that she finally realized that were not for her. And it really took some intervention to get her back on the right track. And so now she's currently doing a whole lot better than she was when she first started. So as a result, toxic relationships and negative experience such as bullying and or social isolation can be more relevant and have a serious impact on young people's mental health. Right? We did have to get her a counselor and have to deal with uh, some of those issues as it related to social psychology and or mental uh, psychology. Dad being in the you know field had to do my own assessment of it and make sure that the impact that I was having in her life was a positive one too. So school and teacher, student relationship and positive support from organizations such as youth clubs can act as a buffer and help protect or shield young people during this difficult period. I had to fight that fight. You know, I had to get in there with uh, both arms raised and feet in position and, you know, what an impact. Why was social support important for her mental health and for most and all young people? And so currently I'm putting together what I call um, children's intervention where I take five influential young ladies that I know who have been successful in their careers and in their lives, who wasn't always the case. They take 20 to 30 minutes and they sit with my daughter and they talk about, you know, whatever they talk about. I don't intervene. I don't give them a a platform. They just go in and they sit with her and they talk with her. They intervene. And so I appreciate you all's support. You know who you are. Thank you so very, 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 very much. And um, trust your work is not in vain. I want to make sure that you guys get your flowers as well. How does mental health affect your relationships? If things aren't going well in close relationships, there is a good chance your mental well-being could be affected. But relationships can have an impact on your mental well-being in other ways, too. For instance, if someone you're close to has an existing issue with mental illness, it can be very difficult to watch them struggle. And your own mental well-being could suffer as as a result. According to Behavior Care Service Provider, there's evidence that 8 out of 10 people with mental health issues believe their condition has a detrimental effect on their family. 
Some people with a family member who has a mental health condition may also develop mental health problems to such an extent that they too need help and support. That's hardly surprising since looking after a loved one with a mental illness is often very, very stressful. There are three common mental well-being problems that can affect you and the ones you love, and they are relationships and stress, relationships and depression, relationships and anxiety. Let's take a quick glance at them, right? Anyone who has ever experienced it, I'm talking about relationship and stress, and I know we all have at some point, will know that stress can be damaging to relationships. It can make you feel low and you may want to spend more time than usual alone or on your own. Or it can make you argue with your partner often or lose your temper more frequently. However, how you react to being under too much pressure, it's likely your relationship will feel the strain. If you start to withdraw from your partner, for instance, they may feel as if you're pushing them away or you're more irritable than usual. Your partner or others, loved ones, may start to become defensive and argumentative in response or even worse. While having strong, healthy relationships may help you to cope if you feel low or depressed, being in a troubled relationship may have the opposite effect and trigger depression symptoms. We're talking about relationships and depression. Expert from relationship counseling suggests those who aren't happy in their relationships are three times more likely to experience depression than those who are. The studies have found more than 60% of people with depression say relationship problems are the main cause of their condition. Depression can make it difficult for you to communicate effectively, which can be upsetting for you and your spouse, mate, or loved ones. You may also start to feel guilty that you're making their life difficult for those around you, which can drain your own self-esteem. If, on the other hand, your loved one is depressed, you may feel extra pressure to make sure life runs smoothly as possible by taking on more responsibility than you're used to, while at the same time giving them support they need. Doing too much, however, can make you feel exhausted and burnt out, and you may sooner or later start to lose patience with them. Relationship and anxiety. If you're anxious all or most of the time, it too can take its toll on your relationships. Anxiety can make you feel tense, which makes it hard for you to relax when you're with your mate your friends, or your family. And if you feel any less than 100% secure in your relationship, you may worry constantly that the relationship will end, or you may need endless reassurance that you're not going to break up anytime soon with your mate or your partner, neither of which is a recipe for a successful partnership. Meanwhile, if someone you love is living, struggling with anxiety, it can be difficult to watch them battle with their issues. Some people may even start to worry that they're the cause of their partners and or their mate's anxiety, putting even more and more pressure upon oneself in that relationship, friendship, or family dynamic. So remember the study on the last podcast, personality, relationship satisfaction, and psychopathology, right? The aim of that work was to understand the role of personality as it related to psychopathology with satisfaction as mediating variables right? in determining your relationship satisfaction. Yes, it talked about marital relationships, but here I'm just going to include relationship satisfaction, okay? Because you can still be single and not be in a committed, they like to use that word, committed relationship and still have some satisfaction. The key here is not to allow your mental health to be a risk.
Adulthood can be a time of stability and bring the joys of discovering new relationships, including building families. However, it is also a time when key risks of loneliness and isolation can significantly impact us, including relationship breakdowns, divorce, poor work-life balance, overwork, life stresses, children, um, leaving the home, retirement, bereavement, etc. As a result, the relationship we maintain throughout our adult lives are more important to our mental health than we sometimes realize. Those in a stable relationship have been found to be happier, healthier, and more satisfied with life themselves and the choices they made. Longer working hours, money problems, and less time to spend with family have been reported as some of the most important stress factors for relationships during this time of life. A recession has a significant impact on people, increasing stress and putting relationships under strain. Friendships have been found to decline with age and location barriers, and many adults wish they could spend more time with friends instead of attempting to create new friendships, which can be challenging too. Uh, Being in a stable relationship is linked to physical, spiritual, and mental health benefits, including lower morbidity and mortality rates. However, while being in a relationship can have positive benefits for health, it is important to recognize that unhappy relationships are more destructive than being single. As we talk about, you know, studies and research, they have found that poor quality or unhappy relationships have a higher negative influence on physical and mental health than not being in a relationship as mentioned. Evidence suggests that men and women treat friendships differently, and this is very important. With women being more likely to have broader, more intimate relationships than men. As a result, men are less likely to discuss personal matters with their friends than women. So they may be less social and or emotional supported during times of stress and or crisis. Sometimes women don't understand why men shut down, why men won't talk, because that's a huge complaint. He won't talk to me or, you know, he just shuts down and doesn't want to deal with it because they're not socially or emotionally literate, right? It's not a bad thing. It's just the way they were created. One of the key negative impacts on a relationship and which causes divorce is that the lack of communication. Right. Simply because men and women are not understanding each other. Where women are emotionally, men are not. Men are more rational. Uh, women are more irrational, right? Because of their feelings and or emotions. It's not a knock on any. So, you know, don't get me wrong. It's just the way it is. We have got to understand, work on and learn how to communicate better. While our relationships impact on our mental health, it is important to remember that our mental health can impact on how we connect with others and how we develop relationships. Mental health problems such as depression and anxiety can influence whether someone feels able to interact and connect to us and with us. What does this mean, Michael? That developing relationships and socializing in traditional ways can be challenging for some people. Part of someone's recovery journey may be to develop more confidence in social settings and to build healthy relationships. Even in this, there's challenges. And so we're at this crossroads, in my opinion, in relationships. Women have become more independent, which in turn has caused them to say, well, hey, I've done everything. I don't need a man. And men are not settling for say the quote unquote high maintenance woman who needs all this attention 
men are saying, no, nah, I'm not going to get involved in any of that. Or this, they refer to now as the high value man or woman experiment. It's killing us, right? I believe that all of this is affecting all of our mental health, right? When we start saying what we don't need in a person, when we were created for relationships, all relationships weren't meant to work out. You know, sometimes God brings people in your life for a season and or a reason. Doesn't always mean it's supposed to last forever. And so some of these experiments, are failing us as a culture and as a community. And we need to figure it out because our mental health is at stake here, all of us. So how do we help someone with mental health? If someone you're in a close relationship with has a problem with their mental well-being, it can be hard to know what you should do and how you could help them. Talking about what's troubling them is arguably the first and even possibly the most important way to give them support, right? Allow them the opportunity to talk about it. But mental health isn't something that's easy to talk about or even to deal with, for that matter. One way to broach the subject would be to talk about people in public eye who have had mental health issues. Say, you know, you can try mentioning a celebrity who, in fact, has talked about their own personal mental health walk. But do so carefully while having a meal or doing the shopping rather than trying to start a conversation, you know, in a more formal way. Try not to make them talk about themselves if they don't want to, right? Instead, keep the conversation relaxed and resist the temptation to ask them too many questions. You already know there's some mental health issues. You know, already know what triggers them. So we need to be careful when we're talking about mental health and mental health issues. And so if people want to talk, give them the platform or plenty of time to speak and try to listen carefully without any interruptions. And sometimes that's difficult because we want to reply <laughs> after someone has said something, or if we don't get that opportunity to reply, we forget what they said. And then it's like, you're not listening or you didn't hear me, right? Try repeating what they've said back to them as this shows that you know, you've understood and that you are listening, an active listener. Even if you don't agree with what they're saying, try to show that you understand and respect feelings. Sympathy and empathy is always key in when dealing with mental health. I always ask, how does that make you feel right now? Or in this moment, what are you feeling? Try not to let all of their conversations revolve around how they're feeling though. Why? Because the end game is resolution to the feelings and not the feelings themselves, right? So incorporating everyday things is and can be very beneficial as it may be important for them to know that life is still normal, even if they quote unquote feel that it isn't. Then when you feel the right time is right, help them to find reliable information about their mental health problems, reliable mental health services. It's available, right? It's out there. Meanwhile, don't forget to look after yourself too. <laughs> if you're supporting someone with a mental health in their difficulties, it can be very stressful to live with or counsel someone with a mental health problem. Trust me, I've been there. So try to make sure you look after your own well-being too, or you may find your own health starts to suffer. Try and stay active and eat as healthy as possible and make time for activities you enjoy to find some relaxation from the stresses of the day and or those you are assisting in their mental health journey. This is where I believe positive, healthy relationships and friendships makes a world of difference. We need those shoulders, man. Whether you have problems with mental health or mental issues or not, it is important to value and nurture your relationships, both the old ones and the new ones. Right? Try to find more time to be with your family and your friends and your mate and others you care about. Show or tell them how much you appreciate them on a regular basis. You never know 
You never know when the end is here. When you're with someone, give them your full attention. Try to resist the temptation to check your notifications on your phone. You know how we are. In fact, if you can, turn the thing off. All distractions. Try to really be present in the moment. That's a huge one. Get into the habit of asking your loved ones and those around you how they are. When they speak, listen to them carefully and try not to interrupt or change the subject. Really try to understand their perspective. Focus on what their needs may be. And at that point, try not to be judgmental or critical. You know, I find it strange every time, you know, you know, most of the time, lots of times when you ask people how they are, they always tell you, hey, I'm good. I'm OK. We never say oh, I'm doing terrible. I tried it on people sometimes in the first time. They're like, how are you? I'm like, I'm doing terrible. Sucks. Doing bad. They're like, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> but does something to us when people are truthful, right? I'm not feeling good. I'm struggling right now. Things aren't going according to the way I want them to. Or I feel unloved. Whatever the case may be, we still need to stop, listen, validate that, and allow them the opportunity to express. And don't just ask others how they are. Share how you feeling too. Be truthful. And let them support you. If they want to, be open for feedback. It works both ways. I don't understand how people are always doing good, how people are always doing fine. You know, we all struggle. We all have issues. We all need each other. Every day is not going to be a good day. The sun is not going to always shine. <laughs> right? Whenever possible, try to be a good neighbor and active in our community. Look out for people living close by who may be isolated or need help. I know on my block, there's an older Asian couple, man. I check on those guys, man. They're one of the couples that have been here on my block uh, for quite some time. Very friendly. They're really, really nice. And our older couple. Um, and so, you know, check on them, man. See what's going on with them. Because a lot of the young people that are moving in, they don't say hello. They don't look at you. They, they won't take care of their lawn. <laughs> You, you know, all of those things that are stressful to me. So, you know, and learn to recognize when a relationship may be doing you some harm. If someone makes you unhappy, afraid or experiences other negative emotions, it can be damaging to your well-being. If you can admit this is happening, it can help you to move forward and find a solution. Or maybe abandon that relationship or friendship. That's important to your well-being, uh, your mental health as well. All right, guys, getting ready to close here. <laughs> if someone is close to you has a mental health problem and it is important to you uh, to get professional and medical advice, right? But as well as seeing a health professional, there are some things you can do to help yourself. That is eating healthy, right? Eating healthy is huge. Some foods exacerbates our mental health and causes us to, to not think correctly and or properly. Uh, being physically active. Guys, this is a big one, man, because the older we get, I won't use the word lazy, but you know, the less we want to work out and do physical activities. Simple things like biking, walking, you know, stationary bike, you know, those kinds of things, man, up and down the stairs. Those are all good and healthy physical activities. You need to continue to do that. Cutting down on or giving up on other stimulants such as caffeine and nicotine and those kinds of things, man, for your mental health, mental and physical well-being is important. Getting plenty of rest and sleep, right? I know in today's society, man, we work, 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 work. We're consistently going. We have so much to do and we don't get enough rest. Enough rest. Yes, we get rest. We don't get enough rest and or sleep, uh, which is important. And we'll talk about that in another podcast and making time for relaxation and de-stressing. Just, hey, grab a book. I have created an area where I could just go sit in a rocker, one light with a book uh, is literally in the corner. Um, and it's just me and the wall. 
in my book or my headphones. You know, some relaxation music, some rainforest. These kinds of things help me to distress and or relax. Um, and always pray. We got to be open to prayer. Right. Besides having a lifestyle that is healthy as possible, there's some supplements you may like to try if you're experiencing issues with your mental well-being. Eating healthy is, of course, important since it helps to make sure your body is getting all the nutrients it needs. However, if you're not eating as healthy as you should for any reason, taking a good quality multivitamin and mineral supplements may be a good idea, especially since there's some uh, evidence to suggest multivitamins may help you cope with stressful situations. As a society and as an individual, we must urgently prioritize investing in building and maintaining good relationships and tackling barriers to forming them, right? We have to create these loving relationships, these bonds that can't be broken, right? My Bible says a three core bond is not easily broken. Failing to do so is equivalent to turning a blind eye to the impact of physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. <laughs> All right, guys, once again, this is your man, Mike D, checking out. Hope something was said here that will encourage your relationships, your friendships, that you are working towards mental wellness. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now.